0: embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. Today, you know, I want to, um, I want to, I want to describe like, we're recording this episode over the holiday season. Um, you guys are probably going to get to hear this after the holiday season. I am in a space where I was just sharing with our guests that I'm like feeling all the feelings I'm experiencing, like feelings, like I have never felt them before. And it's not, because i just watched also the movie inside out which maybe taught me about feelings um have you seen that movie no, no? so <laughs> inside out is all about feelings but it's a cartoon <laughs> uh but yeah and i and i don't there's not a um obviously there's lots of reasons there's a lot going on but i think that Whenever I'm in a space like this, I'm like, man, there's like, what is the universe trying to tell me? Like, what is going on? And we, I've been working on a documentary project, which is how I met my guest today, which is all about energy and chakras and, you know, kind of um, other levels of the experience of this thing called life. And you guys know this for me, this podcast, the journey I'm on is totally a journey Most of the time, I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing or what world I'm caught up in, but I love it because I just feel like it continues to expand me and grow me. My guest today is going to continue to do that because the world that she plays in is a world that is so foreign to me, but a world that I find like super interesting. And I'm just like, give me more, give me more. I want to learn. I want to learn. Tell me more stuff. Um, My guest is the founder of Holistic Fashionista, which is... I want to say like, it's it's a big community, but it does like so many things. So they have a magazine, they have an e-commerce shop, they have books, they make elixirs, they have clothes, all of it's under this umbrella of Holistic Fashionista. And you can find her at the Holistic Fashionista on Instagram or on YouTube where she does tarot readings and they have a monthly virtual event, which is called the Empress Festival. She also is the host of a podcast. Because you, everyone has a podcast, right? <laughs> like you, I mean, it's. I'm like using Christopher's joke. Chris, Christopher is one of my mentors, and he always says, like, you gotta have a podcast now. That's the thing. But her podcast is called Divine Downloads. Angel Quintana, Thanks. what's up? What's up? Thanks for being here. I'm
1: so happy to be here.
0: We met like what a few weeks ago.
1: A Few weeks ago, it
0: wasn't yeah. that long ago. And one of the things I really liked about you, which I I'd want people to know, is. Even though you know we had this conversation, we were talking about like different dimensions that we live in, which I totally want to talk about, you were also one of the most real human beings. Aww. Like we you know we were out with a few people and like you're the way you were talking about life and who you were being was like, oh, she's also like super real, which was really, I think really <laughs> fresh because I think sometimes when you get in like energy spaces, people I'm like, you know you're still on this planet still, right? Like <laughs> you're still here with us humans.
1: I think that has to do because I'm a triple earth sign.
0: What what does that even mean? So
1: astrology, you know, everybody knows their sun sign. That's the horoscope that they've read at least once in their life. Um, But when when somebody says they're triple something, it's usually goes back to their sun, their moon, and their rising. And I happen to have my sun in Capricorn and my rising Virgo and a rising moon. So I'm very grounded Mm -hmm. despite the topics that I talk about. Uh, It took me a long time to get here because of that down to earth element, which, you know, most water signs, they resonate with like emotions and, you know, fire signs are very psychic. And so there's different elements, but earth is very like practical, get things done structure. So it- it'll be interesting to have this conversation with you because I know you're a Capricorn and it's harder, I believe, for the earth signs to really get under the mm. hood.
0: How did you, let's, let's actually touch on that first, like how we actually got here because the, Is there anything else that I didn't even say that, like, you're a life path astrologer. Mm -hmm. And so you, I want to say you, like, help guide people, right? Like, how would you describe it?
1: So I look at the astrological birth chart from, like, a karmic standpoint. So not so much through, like, the transits of how the ebbs and flows of energy are moving, but just looking at the birth chart, which is basically a blueprint of where all of the planets and stars were Mm -hmm. at the time of your birth and the location of that birth.
0: So how did you get, like, where were you before? You didn't start, like, you weren't born and you were like, oh, I'm (laughs) able to do this. How did you get here?
1: Well, I I guess I'll go back to when I was 14. My girlfriend's mom, uh, she is an astrologer and she's still one of my best friends. Her, Her mom is still in my life and my... My friend, who's it is her mom, she's still in my life, and she read my birth chart when I was 14, and I was so fascinated. So, when I went away for college at 18, I moved to San Francisco, and her mom gave me all of her astrology books because I didn't know anybody. I was literally moving to a big city like all by myself. And so, I was just a hermit, and I just studied astrology, you know, on my own from 18. It was just, I never thought it was going to be part of my career, I was just something to do. Uh, while well, I was going through college, you know, and I just got obsessed with it. And this was like really before everything took off with the internet. And uh, so I never, I didn't bring astrology into like my work for, gosh, maybe two decades later.
0: Were you like playing with this? Like when you were in college, were you like the, was it like this was really cool that you could like tell people a lot about their lives or was it the opposite where people were like, there's a witch that lives on the fifth floor, like don't go up there unless you have like cookies or something like that.
1: No, I wasn't reading birth charts or anything like that. I was just learning the personality traits of the planets and the zodiac signs and then trying to figure out how to read the wheel and and just getting to know the traits. That was mostly what I was doing.
0: And then how did that become, like you created a, a community that does so many things. Like where how did all this like weave together?
1: So it's, it's, you know, we've been in business for over seven years now, I am and I started out uh, going to medicine natural medicine school over a decade ago from a chronic health condition that I had um, after I closed my other business. So natural medicine school was the catalyst, if you will, that was like opened my eyes to all the things I probably was doing wrong in my life and why I hadn't found success and I hadn't find, found optimal health. And so that school brought to me new colleagues, new people that were also studying holistic health, and they were like, how are you getting clients Like now that you've graduated? And so I kind of became a mentor to them and started helping them build their holistic businesses, and that's when I started the magazine, and that's when they started contributing to the magazine and helping spread the word about this publication
0: and then now the magazine though has even like spread to you know you said you have elixirs that you i don't necessarily mean you make them to this day unless you do we do so you have elixirs that you make Like, how did that, like, did it just keep, like, kind of rippling out? Like, wait, we should do this now because it fits within.
1: I actually started making the elixirs when I was still in natural medicine school. So we got, you know, I got numerous certifications. One was in herbalism. And so I was already making, like, tinctures and sprays and stuff uh, for my clients at the time. I was helping people with chronic skin conditions. And I was already making those. So when I decided to bring those back... Um, So it just kept expanding. So the magazine was the start, um, obviously helping them with their businesses. Then the the astrology started getting interwoven. I'm like, I might as well just bring back the elixirs too, because that was something I originally was doing.
0: Okay, so now we, you have, there's a magazine, there's like elixirs, you've built like this whole little universe, right? What's that foundation? You know, I know we've talked because... We, I want you to like really give because I didn't know what it was and I'm guessing most people that listen to this will not know what it is like we live in a 3D world and your is it wrong to say like your mission is like to help us elevate to a 5D world yes is there a 1D world is that a thing
1: um one dimension I think we're three-dimensional people okay so we so three is like we're above that
0: okay three is kind of like where we yeah. start that's yeah. So will you explain that? Like what does that mean and what would it look like? What is a 3D world and what would it mean to like us to be elevated to a 5D?
1: Okay, so the third dimension – so these are all energy and they're perspectives. So we obviously live in the third dimension, but we can have higher consciousness. So when you are going through spiritual – a spiritual journey like feeling your feelings or going through the dark night of the soul or you're you're starting to see the world through a new lens, that means that you're raising your consciousness which really what I think that means is that you're becoming more self-aware and more aware of other people and that can also translate to animals and things like that. So you're just becoming more aware and so that's when um, so the 3D world is really about um, still finger pointing maybe at our parents for what they did or maybe vic- playing victim to circumstances in our life, that we think things have been done to us, or even things like debating politics and just really um, adhering to a polarization about life, uh, thinking that there's good and bad, and there's mm. categories and there's judgment. You know, once you start to raise your consciousness, the judgment falls away. And um, even though you might be, you know, pro animals, you're not anti the people that do that. that there's just a, it's a higher consciousness. It's there's no more judgment when we raise our consciousness. So that my mission is really to help people understand that you are responsible for yourself. Uh, you are also, you know, you. You can have your own happiness if you do the work. There's nobody that's going to – nobody owes you anything as much as we would like to say. But my life has been harder than the next. I do find that the people who have lived probably the most hardest lives who have elevated – um, have really been great uh, mentors to people that are going through it. So the fourth D, I believe, is more, more of like a probationary period where you're like, wow, I'm seeing the world through a new lens. And then the fifth dimension is when you actually commit to the practice. Mm.
0: It's so um, – there's so much that's like resonating for me in this space. The, I'm in a, um, a spot that I find myself in with people all the time where I'm noticing group A points at group B, And group B points back at group A and I'm going, this is the the issue, the like back and forth, like until we are stopped, until we break up the pointing and we actually like come together and see that we're all like one and we're all the same and we can co-create something together, nothing will ever change. We'll just be in the like, it's just like a boomerang that just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Because
1: that's ego. And that's three. Mm -hmm. The 3D is really run by the ego, where my way is better than your way. This is better than this is. There's always this comparison. But if you once you start to raise your consciousness, you realize like everybody's reality is valid whether you think that reality is true or you have an opinion about that it's still valid because that's that person's reality and we don't own reality we are a <laughs> part of it you know so we can if we get out of thinking this is right and this is wrong and instead of being like that's your reality this is my reality how much we could grow and learn from each other if we actually did stopped coming from a place of ego
0: I love that like the everyone's reality is unique and this I'm like trying to think of like a really simple way to kind of like connect to it, not necessarily for me, but just to like expand because people think their reality is the truth, and that that is how it is. One of the ways, and I, I don't, if you want to add to this, one of the ways that I see it as, if I say swimming is fun, right? That's part of my reality. Mm-hmm. Swimming is fun, but swimming isn't inherently fun, like. <laughs> Swimming is right. Swimming is just moving your arms and, and your legs in water. You might think swimming is the worst thing ever. Which has your reality be different from my reality. Correct. And so to me, that's like the but and we're all doing that with everything, right? All the time.
1: But the difference is are am I gonna be debate like, no, swimming sucks? You know, then I'm going back to three D versus being like, Why do you love it so much? Yeah. And being curious, why do you think that? I'm just, it doesn't mean that I'm gonna change my mind about it, it's just like, I might as well try to see a new perspective.
0: Well, even that it is something is, is, to me at least, feels like part of that thing that I believe swimming is fun is, it occurs to me like it's even part of it because swimming isn't anything. It's just, like at its most core level, it's moving, like right now, we're just two pieces of energy making sounds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like right at its most basic level and anything else is the, is like meaning that we're adding on top of it, Yeah, that we're creating, that isn't necessarily real. It's perspective. Yeah. I
1: mean, everything, I mean, if you really want to get into like simulated realities, like nothing is really real. You know, I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> right this moment, but, um, you know, we are all energy and I was just having this conversation with a girlfriend last night about, you know, we're all just here, like, like, like trying to get love. Like that's Um, as basic fundamental as just trying to feel love.
0: Okay. So are there ways, you know, if, if, if someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, this is like really resonating with me, how do, and like, how are there, how can we practice elevating, like, what are like actual things that we can do to elevate, you know, our consciousness, our vibration?
1: So many things. Well, I think a lot of people start with meditation. Um, I think a lot of people um, start with that because it's it's now become a thing. I think yoga has been something that people have latched on to. Um, for me, it's just being comfortable in your own skin. And I think to get comfortable in your own skin, you have to spend time alone, Mm. whether that's meditating, whether that's just going for a walk, whether that's just sitting in your house, like feeling your feelings or whatever. It's like that time in solitude I have found is when, uh, you know, I'm getting more comfortable with just who am I? What am I into? What do I like? What do I don't like? Instead of this constant need to be doing something, I feel like we are in a very you know, masculine um, energy or at least coming out of it where we always felt like we had to hustle or we had to be doing something or what's the next thing or what's the next fix or what's the next high or whatever it is. And that is where we get into the trouble of, of really staying stagnant in the third dimension. I think when you slow down, uh, people think you get less done but actually you start co-creating with the divine and then you don't have to work as hard. You don't have to, things start to align yeah. naturally.
0: Do you, it reminds me of, have you read Conversations with God?
1: I saw a movie, but yeah.
0: Okay. I don't, I didn't even know there was a movie. Yeah. The
1: movie is like a B movie, but it is so good. That's such a good story.
0: It's my favorite. So it's my favorite book. I read it like every year. And usually the reason I, it's not like on a calendar. It's like something will happen and then the book will be, and it's like, oh, I guess it's time to read it again. But it reminds me of kind of the idea that like, we're not, there's nothing, we're not here to do anything. Like we're not here to learn anything. The one of the big points in the book is that we're actually just here to remember who we already are, and it's like, can we get back to remembering who we are? And what is it? Um, Ram Das died right yesterday. You know. You know. Mm-mm. Oh my God. You you would well you would love Ram Das. but Ram Das, one of his things is, and I'm not I'm gonna misquote this. Is that we're all just here to kind of help usher each other home, mm, That's beautiful. which is a really cool it's one of like his famous quotes. Um, how does that like for you? Do you does that resonate? Do you feel like we are here to do things? What's the
1: I think I think of planet Earth as soul school. And so we came here to raise our vibration. I am a firm believer that the next realm, those higher realms of consciousness, um, potentially crossing over, um, they also have a frequency. So in order to cross over into these higher realms, you have... You have to raise your vibration. So, I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole of like, you know, earthbound souls, souls that continue to incarnate, they actually never make it to the next realm because their vibration is still too low. So uh, because planet Earth is, you know, going through its own ascension, it's also raising its frequency. And you're seeing this just from social media, people are waking up and having all these amazing experiences. Uh, So it's going through its own ascension. So I believe throughout, you know, throughout the age of Aquarius, which will be here for the next, whatever, 2000 years, um, that we're going to, it's like the people that aren't gonna raise their vibration, this planet won't be a container for you Mm -hmm. anymore. Hmm. So it's in your best interest to raise your you know consciousness. If you even want to be playing here, because this this has its own karma. Planet Gaia has its own karma and yeah. raising its vibration. So I believe everything is about getting to a higher frequency so that we can reach these higher realms. Um, and I believe that the afterlife also has hierarchy. There's different realms. There's different archangels versus angels versus earth angels versus you know all these different things. So, um, to me, I'm just I I'm very shocked at my own ascension because like I said at the beginning of the podcast i'm a triple earth sign i'm the most logical practical like grounded down-to-earth person that you can probably meet and then you're like what like you're psychic and you read tarot and you do all these things and it's like yeah don't ask me how but i just kept doing the work and then somehow those gifts just started unfolding for me
0: do you think you like specifically have like a specific purpose that you're here to kind of do or carry out. I mean,
1: I think I'm part of a, a global mission. I don't think I'm the only one doing it, but I definitely am here that would be to a help. Really big job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help raise the consciousness of the planet to higher yeah. realms.
0: What is when you? What do you find is like as a still as a human being, right, in this <laughs> world? What's the most challenging aspect of this? Of kind of because it's almost like you play in your. I feel like we play in two worlds in a way. To, and I'm—I don't have better language than this, right? It's fine. Because um, there's like the really human world, right? That is like very three D, and then the the raised consciousness world. What's the biggest challenge that you face in? If and I don't even know that I need to say more. And like in yeah. that that.
1: So I mean, for me, um, I mean, I can just give one example. It's like once you start to raise your consciousness, then you're gonna notice that the people around you, like that, they haven't done they haven't done they haven't elevated theirs and that's where i feel like people get a little worried or a little scared about what we're talking about right now because they're they're either going to lose their relationship or lose their friendships or lose their family and you know these are all you know logical fears yeah. uh, but when you raise your vibration high enough and you realize your purpose and you know you usually people that find their purpose is like because they have raised their vibration enough to be able to even say I want to know my purpose not just I want to get a good job or I want to make six figures or whatever the whatever the mind is is taking you to so I feel like that's one of the biggest struggles is I'm now in this fifth dimensional realm where the divine is present in everything I do but not everyone around me and I'm okay with that being that way, but you know, from dating to, you know, spending so much time in solitude, you're still going to get those human feelings of like, wow, it'd be really nice to be able to talk to so many, but I I don't know who I could talk to about these weird things, you know, and that's when you start to find your tribe. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's exciting. And that's something that you can look forward to. But I think that to me is probably one of the, the bigger culprits.
0: Yeah, I remember when it's a big, there's a big chunk of my book where I talk about as I started to, like, really transform and really just change. And some of it was just very, like, basic human transformation. Not, I don't even want to call it, like, higher consciousness. It was just, like, breaking up habits and human behaviors. And people that I spent time with were like, what's going on with Alex? Did he find Jesus? What Like, it was like this like there was some secret drama, right? Like I was in a cult or like something was going on. And what was really cool through the experiences, I got to see the people who, even that didn't go with me on the journey, like the old friends that I still have that I'm close with. One of my best friends says, I don't know what you're up to, but you seem like way happier. So like, whatever, I'm good with it. And in that moment, I was like, man, we're going to be friends like no matter what, like whatever he does, whatever I do, because that's all he really cared about is that I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were a lot of other people, right, that get – that it was actually really hard to – I don't want to say, like, leave behind because I don't actually feel like like I cut them off or anything. I just went a different way. Um, and I know that my journey has had that with, like, relationships. Like, some relationships have to end from the same thing. to It's, like, almost like peeling off a layer. If you want to go to the next place, you got to, like, let something yeah, kind of go. Yeah, make room for it. Which is tough. Can be.
1: Very tough. You said something that just sparked something I was going to say, and I'm I'm not remembering. Was the Jesus
0: thing? Um, (laughs) I know. It was
1: something along those lines of just... So I think it's really hard uh, for some people to see someone transform and be different and peel off mask and be like and and they're not accepting of the new person they're like that's not the person that i'm okay with being friends with either it sh- it will probably end up shining um a shadow on them so you're actually being a mirror and they aren't ready to look in that mirror so the the friendship or the relationship usually ends up disintegrating on its own not even with a falling out or anything. It's just, they stop because yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, if I'm looking at all my stuff and now I wanna have conversations about how I'm looking at all my stuff, then it's either going to A, repel you because you have to look at me in a different way or you have to face your own stuff and maybe you're not ready to do that.
0: I love that you brought in the mirror piece because that's, it's a practice that I try to incorporate almost every day, like wh- however I'm living, right? If there's something about you that I don't like, right? And that's just like, how we are, right? Our subconscious brings, or there's something about you that is annoying to me, or you know, usually I'm I'm notice it in negative kind of negative feelings or judge. It shows up for me in like judgments. But the practice that I have is okay, if it's just a mirror, right? Because my reality is my perspective. So if I'm like, oh, I hate how she drinks out of her coffee cup, it's <laughs> the worst. Why does she drink like that? And this is a stupid example because I'm like, I don't know what that would mean about me. But maybe it's just like, man, I'm thinking about what other people are thinking about me, how I'm doing things, right? So it's my own – instead of actually having to be with my own stuff, I'm, like, looking for issues with other people. Mm. How do you – is there a way that you incorporate – like, do you think that we are mirrors, like, for each other, like, in our experience –
1: I mean, I think we're all here to help each other grow. I mean, like I said, Earth is soul school and we're basically hanging out with a bunch of souls. (laughs) And so, you know, we're always learning from each other, even if it's indirectly, even if it's reading each other's books or listening to each other's podcasts or engaging in conversation or just sharing space. You know, some people have roommates and maybe they don't talk, but they're still exchanging energy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another rabbit hole we could maybe go down is just when you're exchanging energy, you have to be mindful of the energy that you are emitting, but also the energy that you are absorbing um, from other people. Because a lot of times, uh, the feelings that we feel, we think that they're ours, but they're not ours. They could potentially be the energy of other people's you know, interaction with ours so that we might start to, if we're hanging out with someone who's always depressed, then their entities, their energy is going to jump on us and we might not understand why we're feeling depressed. And so then we go to these, you know, crazy ways of trying to deal with depression when we, all we really needed to do was detox from that energy altogether, which also goes back to the being in solitude.
0: Who do you, how do you like manage that? Right. Cause you're, you've, I mean, aside from being in solitude, keeping yourself away from people, how do you, when you're like meeting people and you're putting yourself around people, how do you decide like, this is energy? Is it a feeling? Is there like, how do you decide? How do you?
1: I think one of the things, once you start to raise your vibration and cleanse and do all these things, you become very sensitive. And I'm sure you've heard people say before, like, oh, she's so sensitive or, oh, he's so sensitive. Well, that's actually one of the signs that you are becoming elevated, that you're actually becoming more of your, your true soul essence because sensitivity is a gift, you know? So being able to sense energy and you can, you know, most people, if they're even a little bit intuitive, they can feel it when they walk in the room. You know, if you walk into a dark, dingy bar, you know, you know, you're going to get an energy. If you, you know, hang out with somebody who's going through a sad time, like you're going to feel their energy. So
0: do you feel my sad energy? I don't know. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> We're working through it. I feel like it's not sadness. I think it mm. might be something else. Um, well, what do you What
0: do you feel like it is?
1: Um, I think I think underneath this the 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 label of sadness because I think sadness is um, just really like feeling your soul, like it's like giving yourself permission to t- to have a relationship with yourself. Um, so I don't know. Sadness has like a more of a negative or not negative, but has like a more dreary thing and crying or feeling your feelings that doesn't have to come with that connotation.
0: Wait, so what's, what do you know? What's, what's the energy?
1: I think you're, you're, you're shedding. I think you're probably going through detox, detoxification.
0: We're totally going to watch in and out Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, that's, it's a really, I think, and if I actually have to connect that I would say there's some sadness in the shedding. Mm. Like there's, um, I had a client recently, we were talking about something didn't go the way they thought it would go. Mm-hmm. And in the conversation, they were kind of sad and heartbroken about the thing that they, you know, that didn't go that way. And I reminded them, which is just some like a magical wisdom I got from my mom, that not only are we sad sometimes about the thing that happens, but we actually have to sometimes be sad about the magical future that we created in our mind that also isn't gonna happen. So, right, like if you had a child that you thought was gonna be an astronaut and they decide, or you know, or a relationship, right? That's an easier one. You have a relationship, you're in love, two people in love, and they imagine like the future together and all these things, and the relationship ends. There's the sadness of the relationship ending, but there's sometimes for some people the mourning of the the fantasy of the future that actually won't ever happen either.
1: Well, OK, let's talk about that. No, please. OK, oh, yeah. so I don't believe that if there is something that you really wanted, let's take a relationship, for instance, if you feel that you really desire that, even if the relationship has ended, you can manifest it back. OK. And it is about you being detached from the outcome. And that's the hardest part. I think even maybe the sadness that you're feeling was an attachment to whatever the thing was, which is why it's a detoxification. So the sadness comes from sh- the shedding of it. Like I'm no longer going to see this person anymore, or I'm no longer going to, you know, eat meat or whatever, like I'm bummed or whatever the thing <laughs> is. But really um, to have whatever it is you want, you you can have that. It's just about you that picture that you fantasized about, well, let's keep that. You don't, ha- But you have to take the expectation off if there's another person involved because they're on their own journey and you're only responsible for you. And that's where I think that 3D, that ego wants so bad to be able to control mm. those other things. And that's when we start slipping back into 3D. So that's just like, I don't know, maybe sadness is is just a, a glimpse into what we're still attaching and holding on to and thinking that we can control you know in this particular instance versus like a letting go and allowing the next phase, the next cycle to begin because okay, mm-hmm. the thing about the tarot there is, just like any deck of cards, if you've played with any playing cards, you know, there's jacks and queens and court cards, and then there's the ace all the way through the tens. Well, in tarot, it's the same thing. So when you get to 10, you're actually completing a cycle. So a lot of times when we are feeling pain, we're actually maybe at the the five or the six or the seven, or maybe we're close to the very end. Like I think like a dark night of the soul when your whole world is crumbling down, like you're at the end of a cycle. So you actually have a lot to look forward to mm-hmm even though you're going through like the hardest time in your life. So I think of everything in cycles and we're always doing multiple things at uh, multiple times. we have a relationship, we have food, we have careers, we have family, we have friends. All these things are always moving together and they're all at different cycles.
0: I love the way, just the way that, well, first that idea of where, on the other side of the darkness is the light, always.
1: Always, it's It's a cycle, it's just the end of the cycle.
0: And so, in if we're willing to just keep going, or keep like allow, the sun will always rise, right? Always. It's, it's just you doesn't you just don't get to stay in nighttime forever. Um, so, could we say that people, when we're in really rough patches that conti- that seem like they last, they last, they last, would we say that is it's like people are just resisting?
1: Yeah. They're hanging. It's like, you could actually go through the dark night of the soul for 20 years. You know, people could remain addicts for, you know, a de- de- several decades until they decide to let go of the, that end of that chapter and start the new chapter. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to stay in that, um, that in-between stage and not allow the next cycle to begin. So I think it's really just about recognizing, wow. It really can't can't get any worse, so it must be the end of the cycle.
0: Nice, I love that. Um, let's talk about tarot because you brought it in. Will you? I don't. I literally, to me, it's like they're cards that mm-hmm. people that have assigned meaning, and then people are just like, "Well, this card says this." So, and I know there's more to it than like the simplicity that I just said. Can you actually break down like what it is and like how it works?
1: So the I've only been studying tarot or practicing, I should say, for three years. I got my first purchased my first tarot deck on my forty-first birthday three years ago. And um I never was planning on doing tarot. I was never start I was never thinking about doing it on YouTube or anything like that. But it became a tool because I was spending time in solitude and you know, I didn't really have all the friends that I needed to actually have these deeper conversations. <laughs> so the tarot is basically if you think about you know and I'm assuming anybody who's listening to this who like maybe is a filmmaker um, or even just someone who's putting together a commercial there's a storyboard you know there's mm-hmm. a guideline of okay okay this is what happens you know this is the protagonist this is the you know the hero and all these different things so you know the tarot are these images and there's so many s- symbolic things you know depending on how analytical you want to get with what those images are saying but they tell a story and when you turn over the cards, it's like you're always telling a different movie. You're, you're telling a different story. So if you do it for yourself, which is what I was doing it for, I was helping to answer my answer questions through the story that I was getting to be able to tell intuitively through those images.
0: And then what's the, like, how does the, I, I mean, so I, I, I believe and I get that there's a connection between like the things that happen in our own life right? Like the card that shows up isn't, yes, it's random in the sense of it's random as it's, but it's not random. Like it actually, it's, there's a reason you pulled that card and there's a reason for, with meaning and, or there's, and then that meaning applies to you. And again, in whatever reality or perspective you have, because we're all going to see it differently and interpret it a little differently. And I think that about anything in life, right? There's a reason I got a flat tire. It's not, yes, it's random. Like, I mean, and What if it's not like, what if there's actually a reason maybe, you know, I would have gotten an accident if I didn't have it or who knows, how do you, do you ever like explain for, do you have an explanation for that on a way that maybe for um, someone who doesn't believe that, that there's actually a reason for it? They're just like, Oh, they're just random cards.
1: Well, I think when you think things are a coincidence or if you think things are random, that is a 3D perspective Okay. because that's taking zero responsibility for anything. That's literally saying that just happened to me versus a higher realm would be like, why is this happening? What, what, what? part of the story is this, am I in now? If I'm watching a movie, okay, am I at the point where there, something's going to turn and the, and the cycle's going to change? Like, what is it all about? So uh, for me, the tarot has just been a way to to tell a story that energetically, I just needed something a little bit more concrete. Because there's people out there that just can psychically talk about things. Well, I'm not there at that point, but the tarot has been a great tool for me to be like, well, I need to tell this story. Help me tell this story. And, um, and that has truly trans- – what it also does is it helps to you reprogram your, tr- your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind actually doesn't need to like read all the letters in a word. It just – it already has the memory of what those things do. So it's the same thing. You can reprogram them with images. So every time you actually watch a movie um, or watch something on YouTube or anything, you're actually – it, you're you're giving the subconscious mm-hmm. data, so you know if you're watching a lot of like sad movies all the time, guess what? Like that's getting stored in your subconscious. So uh, the tarot is a way to you know have the the subconscious mind go make sense of why you know you feel a certain way or what is this outcome. Um, and 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 think about it this way: it's not even so much like predicting the future as much as it's like aligning you with. It's reminding you what you want to manifest and and feeling good about where you are in the process of that cycle of the phase of that manifestation. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It was a lot too, but it makes sense. And the how does this how does tarot and do well I should ask, do tarot and the astrology do they connect? Are they completely separate?
1: You know, there is some crossover. Um, I don't think they have to connect. I think a lot of tarot readers connect them both because they come from, you know, one is from the stars and then one is from the subconscious. And I do believe that all the planets live inside of us. They're not just out there in the solar system. They are parts of us, uh, their personalities. And same thing with the tarot. So the tarot has all these different images, but they're all the feelings that we've had before. Mm -hmm. We've felt stabbed in the back. We have felt betrayed. We felt that, you know, you know, shackled and, you know, addicted to something or whatever. We've felt all those feelings. So the tarot is actually like a a deck of all the feelings you could feel. And so to pair them together, it's like, well, I have the whole universe inside of me, but I also have all of these swords and wands and pentacles and all these other things inside of me. And to be able to put them together, I think, has been an art you know i don't think they have to go together but there is an art and certain cards do represent certain zodiac signs but again zodiac signs always have a character they always have a personality they always have their shadows and so the same with the tarot there's shadows and then there's light on you know in each of the cards
0: so let's like can we dive into mine a little bit can we play with my your chart my chart
1: okay let's do that i'll pull up Okay, so I'm just going to have to get... Wait, so,
0: so it doesn't just, like, download into you. You don't, like... <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> like, what do you mean it doesn't download I, I, into me? I don't
0: know, no, but, like, I don't know, like, all the information. I'm, like, do you just, like in my head, I, in my imagination, I was, like, well, say my birthday, you snap your fingers, and you're just, like, telling me stuff.
1: Well, think about it this way. You know, if we're all energy... There's going to be certain, you know, tarot readers or astrologers or just people that you're going to resonate with their energy. So I believe that to, you know, to get a good reading or to, you know, do a good astrology reading for anyone, you have to be in alignment, I think, with the energy of that person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think there is just something that's going to be off. Mm-hmm. So I think we have the rapport where I can probably give you some insight. Okay. So what's your birthday?
0: January 12th, 1982. I'm like, can't people get my all my private information, knowing my birthday?
1: Just don't give your social. I'm not gonna ask that. <laughs> we, we might have to delete that out. Okay. Um, are we doing six thirty-three or would yeah, we let's okay. see it? Yeah, it. Because I'm almost PM, positive. Right? PM,
0: yeah. Because I'm almost positive it's eighteen
1: thirty-three. Okay, and then birth town.
0: Los Angeles. Uh, does it? Does it like it's Los Angeles, but it was actually in Cedars and Beverly Hills? Does that matter?
1: Nope. Los okay. Angeles. Perfect
0: and my social security number is and here's my credit card number and my
1: <laughs> Okay, let's do this. January, okay.
0: So no, whatever you want, free game, talk about whatever. I like I like okay, to be well, a guinea pig sometimes.
1: Well, it's okay. Okay, so when I look at a chart, oops. What I'm looking for is like a lot of people will look at relationships and synergy and like uh, sinistry and all that, but I don't, I look at it through the lens of the life path. So this is like your karmic, you know, why are you here? Like what karmic lessons did you come here to work through? That's what I'm really looking at. So I'm looking at um, your chart through the lens of what are the life lessons you came here to learn and then how to, take those life lessons to a purpose and then give back to humanity. And I do believe that when you are doing your life's work, you you can't get paid for it. I know a lot of people, they have their purpose in their career, but I do like to blend the two, especially we live in an age where you can, yeah. and I'm, I'm all for that. So I will be reading it through that lens.
0: Is that really quick before you do that? Is that like a specific thing to you? Like
1: Yeah, this is my methodology awesome. of okay. how I look at the chart. Okay. Oh, look at that. Okay, we have the same moon. Okay, so you have sun in Capricorn, which I also have sun in Capricorn. You have moon in Virgo. I also have that. Then you have your rising as Leo. That makes sense because if you think, so your rising sign is how other people see you. So Leo is charismatic. Like they like to make other people feel good. They like like they like to adore other people, make them feel special, all those things. Like dude, that's a really great combination there to have that earth with that fire energy. Okay, so let me just see. Okay, you have your moon in the second house. Okay, the second house is your house of money. It's your house of comfort. It's your house of possession. So if I was looking at it through the lens of like, okay, well, how could he best utilize his moon, which is your moon is in your second house, in Virgo. So the way that you're going to make money is probably something that has to do with nobility because Virgo, the virgin, you know, is all about humility. It's all he's, he or she is uh, about, it's also the hermit. It's also the analytical, getting down to like what really, really matters. But the big thing that I think about when I think about Virgo is honesty and integrity. So the mm-hmm. way that you're going to make money and we'll go further into, you know, some of the the people that you're here to serve and things like that is is going to motivate you. So the moon is your motivation. It's, uh, it's the thing that lights the fire under your booty every day. It's like – and so what lights your fire in this case is – as long as I'm doing something that's honest, if I'm doing something from integrity, if I'm doing something um that makes me feel like I'm progressing, you know, Virgo's want to see the numbers increase, you know, as long as I know I'm <laughs> doing it from that, I'm I'm I can go to bed at night feeling really good about myself.
0: That's really cool. So my and you don't you did not know this. Like total disclaimer, like you I mean we've met and we've hung out, but like you don't you don't know that much about me. <laughs> and you definitely don't know that like one of the biggest journeys that I've been on over the last five years has been all about integrity that like the person I was never, I used to have this idea, like there was bad Alex and good Alex and there was never bad Alex. There was a guy that wasn't in alignment with who I actually am and the journey of becoming who I know myself at the core to be is like a man of integrity and commitment. And that has actually been, it's its easier now because five years of like practicing, right? But it's been the biggest challenge because the the default, right? The 32 years before I started this work five years was like always pulling it like, that doesn't matter. Like, you know, let's just do what we want, what we feel like, who cares, who gets hurt? It doesn't mm. matter.
1: Interesting. But. Okay, so, so, so one for one. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going then. Okay, so I'm going to look at your 12th house. Um, to, so the 12th house is the house of karmic debts. So this is where I always look at when I'm looking at a life path because I want to know, well, what did you come here to work through? And so you have, you ha- it's like 50-50 split with um, Leo there and um, Cancer, which is interesting. And then you have your North Node. Is that the North Node? Yes, you have your North node also there in Cancer. Okay, so the North node represents your challenge that leads you to your destiny. So it's kind of like the, it's the thing you came to work through. Like you're not that good at it, but you if, if you work at it, you're gonna be, there's like basically the yellow brick road that'll like lead you mm. to bliss, okay? So you have the 12th house with Leo there, half and half, but then you have your North node also in there. So Leo again is um, going to be about you owning your spotlight right? Because Leo loves the spotlight, loves to adore and be adored at the same time. Um, And then Cancer, that's the interesting part because Capricorn, your son, that's the father figure, but Cancer is the mama bear. So you actually, your karmic debt has to do more with you being the mama more than the papa. So that's really about you. It could be like you're holding space or creating a community that's safe for people to talk about their feelings, for example. Um, Cancer also is like you know, wants to make sure everybody else is, you know, feels good and welcomed and everything like that. And, and Leo is very similar in that way as well. But the problem and the thing to watch out for is that cancer has a tendency because it's a water sign and is very psychic sign that they have a tendency to make sure that the whole family is happy in this case. And then they're so spent that they have to go crawl back in their crab shell to go like hibernate for the winter because they just overgave. So it's always going to be about boundaries so that you can maintain your psychic abilities, your nourishing uh, sensitivity uh, that you're giving and holding space for this community. Um, that's going to be the big challenge for you. It's tapping into the feminine, creating boundaries, um, being, nurturing, creating a community where people can talk about their feelings or work on their psychic abilities. That's going to be the karma. That you came here to work through
0: nice okay
1: okay so and then you've got um okay so let's do saturn saturn is your natural ruler because capricorn is ruled by saturn and you have it in the sign of libra and that is in the third house of self-expressions okay so this tells me so i always like to personify the planet so if you think about saturn is like get good grades, go to good college, like it's, pop is a masculine, you know, the, you know, that kind of like stern, get it done kind of attitude. And then you've got Libra there, who's the master manifester. So Libra is like, I'm just gonna sit back and it's all gonna come to me. So it's a very, I don't wanna say it's conflicting, but Saturn is like, I'll like, imagine if Saturn and Libra went on a coffee date and Libra is just like, oh my God, everything's so beautiful. And like, and Saturn is like, well, what's your plan? like like what are you going to do? And it's like, but I'm just going to manifest it. Everything's so wonderful, whatever. So they have to come to a common ground, and that common ground is your 3rd house. So the way that you're going to be self-expressed, you know, the 3rd house is um this is uh what Gemini energy, right? The 3rd house. Yeah. So that's going to be the house of communication. So your the way that you're going to communicate is always going to have this like Libran energy mm-hmm. to it, meaning it's going to be about balance. Like, I need to create space to be expressed, but it has to have balance. It has to have harmony. It has to have nature. It has to have beauty. It has to have style. It has to have all those things in order for you to feel successful. Because Saturn is really, he's the, you know, he's really the one that's dangling the carrot. Like, I can make you successful. But Libra's like... But I don't want to do. I don't want to be all masculine. I want to be feminine. I want to, in you know, manifest what I'm here to do. So that the third house is a, a container, almost a playground for Saturn and Libra to get along, and it's really going to come to to communication. So, podcast, writing, yeah. any kind of media. Yeah. So that's where Libra is going to be able to share her wisdom. She's not going to like work super hard, but Saturn's going to go as long as you got a plan. I'll yeah. help you out.
0: That's so great. I mean, that's like that couldn't, I want to say that it like, couldn't be more spot on to who I am. Cause when I go one way or the other, I'm like pretty miserable, right? If I go to the, just like the plan, the plan, the plan, then I'm just like grind, grind, grind. And then I burn out and I'm like, what the fuck is the point? I didn't come here to just grind. Like I should have been a hedge fund manager, right? Like if you're just going to grind, go do the thing that makes a lot of money. And then there's the other side of me that I relate to sometimes is like magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I'll just like sit here and like, That's Libra. and like right. And like good stuff will happen. And like someone will just pluck me out and like, I'll you know, and that doesn't work either, right? Then I just become at effect of life sitting around waiting versus, like, I love how you describe it, like when you're spot on in the sense of like you create a plan. But then there's also the uh, people that know me well know that I'm like oh like I'm always doing things. But there's a whole nother level of like the – that people don't see behind the scenes that it's about the being of it
1: mm.
0: that doesn't connect with any doing. That like sometimes like the best stuff is like there's not a lot of hard work.
1: Exactly. So I, I think like people get kind of leery about Saturn because he, he's kind of a hard ass. But because you have Libra there, you know, they have to come to a common ground. They have to come to an understanding. And I think – Um, Libra has something to teach Saturn, and Saturn has something to teach Mm. Libra, and I think it's about the balance. But the third house is the container of communication. Okay, a couple more things, and we can kind of move on from this, um, is Venus and Aquarius. So Venus, just like the book from the 90s, men are from Mars, women Mm -hmm. are from Venus, whatever. So there's some truth to that. So Venusian energy is what you love and how you love, and you have it in the sign of Aquarius. So Aquarius is the misfit she wants he or she wants to do it in her own way she wants to she's avant-garde she's a visionary so what you love and how you love there's always going to be that rebelliousness to it like I'm going to do it in my own way and you have that in what house that is in the sixth house of health Okay, so again, that's also the Virgo house because the Virgo rules the sixth house. So again, it's always going to come back to integrity, um, cleansing, detoxification. So I would I would probably mention that what you love and how you love is probably going to have um, – A a thumb in. I'm gonna do things. um, It might ruffle some feathers, but there's always going to be mankind behind it. So we're in the age of Aquarius right now. Aquarius has to do with um, uh, self expression, being an individual. So you're always going to be an advocate for people to be who they are. And in this case, you have it in this uh, in the sixth house. So there's always going to be like a wellness component, maybe like a life coaching or it could be food or maybe it's spirituality, but there's always going to be like a wellness component to what you love and how you love. But there's always going to be a, a little, I'm going to throw a little weirdness in there on top of that because I got Aquarius and I got to keep it like modern and cool and my own vision.
0: Nice. And it's, I'm like thinking about if I look at most of my, say romantic relationships most not all but let's say 80 to 90 percent were with people who like did what they were supposed to do right like they follow they they like have the good job good career they like did the things they were supposed to do to get they're successful they're powerful they you know but they like check the boxes and often in that becomes like a thing that is yeah, because you have Aquarius going.
1: No, that's too basic. It's... Like I want, I want something weird. Can you just show me something <laughs> weird, please? And it's gonna have to be health related because I mean, even if it's just like we're gonna take care of ourselves together, or we're gonna meditate together, or we're gonna do something. We're gonna maybe yeah. we'll do it with purple hair or something, but we're gonna do it in a way that makes it fun and cool and adventurous.
0: Yeah, that's it's so interesting because I find myself like it ends up being a conflicting thing, and when. I've dated people that are like far out the other way there's a it's almost like um, and maybe that's what it's about Uh, there's an there's an inability to be with it like it's it makes me like if they're if they're far out there it's uncomfortable Mm. but maybe that's the whole thing is like right I have to like be with the uncomfortableness to get to the other side I don't know I'm like just speculating on my life like in the past
1: well, I mean, you have Mars if we we're going to talk about relationships you have Mars and Libra so you have t- so Venus is' in an air sign which is Aquarius and then Mars is in an air sign which is Libra so for sure you have to be mentally stimulated because air is all about communications all about mental stimulations about idea generation so there's a and like Libra how you take action again it's not lazy but I'm not going to like try that hard, you know, it's like, so there's definitely like, but you've got Capricorn, you know, as your son and moon is Virgo. So there is this like groundedness, but in relationships, I would say, I need, it, I need it a little weird and I need it to be kind of relaxed. I don't want any like stress about it because mm. I'm not going to, um, you know, Mars wants to take action and Libra is like, well, can you just get me my my tea and I'll like think about it and I'll I'll be with you soon. <laughs>
0: I love, I I really appreciate how you, and I don't, this is not, I think this is the second, this is, this is the second experience of something like this I've done in my life. So it's not like I'm like going to see tarot card readers or psychics. Like I've never been somebody who does that. I find it super interesting. Um, People that have listened to this podcast since the beginning, I think it's like episode 10. And now we're beyond 100 so it's really cool it's like almost two years later to like revisit a conversation like this but i think one of the things like i love how you're you put like your own personal style your own flavor there's a lot of person this is the thing that i touched on when we started is like there's a lot of you in the space and it's not just like i'm giving information there's a lot of uniqueness and and like sass and flair (laughs) and personality thanks um What else do people like what else do we want people to know about this before we like wrap up? Like not about about, not about me, but about like what you do and how you can help people.
1: I mean, my my goal is really to obviously help people through that that ascension through the process of shedding things that are no longer serving them, attachments, addictions, codependency, anything that's just keeping you stuck in a rut and exploring spirituality, you know, and finding your own spin on it. You know, there's, you know, a lot of people, you know, they teach meditation and you got to cross your legs and put your hand on your knees and do all these things and it's like, it, there's no right or wrong way. Like you don't have to do it like everyone else. I don't even know where my Aquarius is. I can't think about it, but obviously I'm doing things in my own way. And I just encourage people because right now we are in the age of Aquarius and the and the weirder, the better. That is going, I quote me on that. The weirder, the better. So if you think you're going too far down the rabbit hole, you're not. So there's a place for everybody's path here. Uh, there's no such thing as competition. There's only only energy. Uh, and once you know the life path, I think that's where astrology kind of put this new um, perspective into people's minds about you know what am I here to do? What is my karma? What is you know? What are these life lessons? And once they get that foundation, then I feel like they're they can go explore these other things, or maybe they hire a coach next, and they buy some books or watch the movies or whatever they want to do, change their diet. Um, but once you get on the path, it's like I believe that you're only given one key at a time, and we are mm-hmm. taught, we are programmed in the 3D realm that we must plan out our life, that we must go to go to college, get a good grades, you know, get married. Yeah. And then we need the whole plan, but it doesn't work that way in the spiritual realm we are given one key at a time meaning like if you don't if i give you this key this reading right and you go and you open that door well then you open that door and you're going to experience something different but the next key will only be given to you once you open the first door so you actually have to be brave enough to go you know what this is out of my comfort zone, but I'm gonna open the door and then I'm just gonna see what's on the other side. And I'll take that journey one step at a time. So there's never like multitasking. It's literally like one door, one door, one door, one door. And eventually, you know, then the doors just start swinging up. You're like, I don't even need keys anymore.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's so great. I actually can totally resonate with that. And it does actually feel like that. Like once I, when I... uh, when I had the moment where I was like, oh my God, I can't keep living like I've been living. Like it just doesn't work. And I don't know what, but I knew it had to be different. That choice, that, mo- that moment of choice is life has to be different. And I just went, well, I'm just gonna start changing things. Doors started opening, right? And then the next thing I know I'm at a networking meeting where I'm meeting people who are like the next set of doors. And I think the cool thing is, I didn't realize this then, right? This is in hindsight. Is now I'm excited because now you go, wait, like what's, if I go to that, if I go to this thing, well, what's that going to do? Or if I meet this person or if I spend time with this person, or if I start working on this thing on myself, like what will that kick open? And stuff happens really fast. Yeah. And I find myself like, how am I sitting? I just did this podcast with a guy whose podcast got named top five podcasts for like entrepreneurial growth. And I'm on this podcast with people that are have private jets and things, and I'm like, how did I end up right? But it was like one decision open another, and it's. I think the cool thing about a journey like this, or being on whatever kind of journey we're on, is once you do commit to it, it's like it can be the ball can roll downhill or uphill, whatever direction, really fast.
1: Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I I don't think that you have to go through the the turmoil of of your reality forever. It's just a decision. Like, and it starts small. I don't know what you started with, but I know I changed my diet. And then that changed something. And then it, like, got me divorced. And then, you know, and then all these things started happening. And then I just realized, like, I woke up one day and I'm like, I don't, how did I become a tarot reader? Like, what world was that? That was never, like, a thing for me, you know? And it just happened.
0: Mine was TV. Like I'm done with like canceled mm. my cable. And like, it was like, okay, I can still watch Netflix with like friends or things, but it was like, no canceled the cable and, and sports. I was like, it's sports yep. junkie and nothing wrong with TV. I'm not like, I don't care. Like whatever you want to do. But for me, I recognized in a moment, TV and sports were just a distraction. Um, I always joke. I'll say to my dad, cause he's always like, how I can't believe you don't watch sports anymore. I'm like, you know what? When those guys show up to watch me do what I do, then I'll show up again to watch them do what they do. Wow. Um, but I replaced it with books. And it was, I mean, instantaneous. My my brain literally just started to fire differently and think differently and process differently because I was reading and I had never read. Mm. And that set, you know, the, the the wheel in motion or whatever.
1: Well, television, because it's a visual component, like I was mentioning with the tarot, like the images, right, the... the not, you can Google it sigil magic. So all the advertisements that are shown like at the Super Bowl, or even on television when you're watching sports or even the commercials between your favorite shows, they're getting into the subconscious mind. They might not be words, but they're symbols and symbols are recognizable to our mind and they're programming us. So we have to be very careful with television specifically, or even just ads in general.
0: Well, it's really now, I mean, you say it and now because I never really process it. I used to, right? We all used to watch TV with all the ads, right? Before DVRs and everything. Mm-hmm. And now I still don't have cable or anything. But if I go to my parents' house and I'm watching TV with them and like an ad comes on, I have a completely different experience because I removed all that. I don't hear ads. I mean, I see ads, billboards, right? There's mm-hmm. ads we almost can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I don't experience TV ads ever. at like at all in any way. And I noticed that they're like really triggering. Like I get when I'm watching TV with them and ads come on, I almost have to find, and I'm again, I'm not, I didn't realize this until we're talking about it. I almost have to find a way to check out yes. or to get away or to like leave the room or be on my phone because there's some like knowing that's like, yeah, I don't want to watch the shingles ad. Like I'm going to get shingles if I watch shingles ads or whatever it is, right? Like the car ads or whatever it is. It's just, it's not, um it's not something i want to consume yeah which is a and re- we
1: have to be so careful cuz it's impossible to to eliminate all the 3d programming that we subject ourselves to it's impossible we live in the 3d realm there's going to be 3d programming but we can eliminate and we can do detoxifications yeah. from it we can go periods of time where i'm not going to watch tv for a month or i'm not going to drink for a month or i'm not going to do these things it doesn't mean you have to literally do everything pristine you just have to be mindful of what you're feeding your subconscious yeah. and you're like oh my god i just watched reality tv okay i need to like you know yeah. sage myself or whatever you know do something to kind of get rid of whatever. <laughs> whatever
0: myself there's i think there's um i had an experience recently without going into all the details where i realized i was i had a practice that i was using to conscious to un i guess it was conscious i was like consciously distracting myself instead mm. of dealing with some stuff and I was talking to somebody about it. And I said, I'm really clear that I'm distracting myself. And I'm also really clear that I don't need to be with that thing that I'm distracting myself from 24-7. Like, it's actually a really conscious, like, I'm going to detract, distract some of the time to give myself a little break from all the being with it. And then today, the same person, I said, I think I need to reel back a little of the distraction. Like, like I did it enough. And now... It's like okay, you can, you don't need to distract so much. Let's mm-hmm. like knock it back a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, there's a term called cognitive dissonance, and I'm sure people have heard that term before. But I, the majority of people living in the three D, they 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 suffer from cognitive dissonance, meaning what they say they want and what they do, oh yeah, don't match. Yeah,
0: I um, I wanna, I'm gonna wrap us up here. I just, I just read something that was, don't change. I'm totally, I don't even know where this came from and I, it's, I'm totally paraphrasing it. So it's mine now, <laughs> but don't change because there's something wrong. Change because you're out of alignment with who you truly are.
1: Mm.
0: How cool. do people, so well, let's just tell people. So holistic fashionista is one of the websites, right? Yeah,
1: holisticfashionista.com will just get, go you there. Yeah, awesome. get you everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. The
0: podcast, Instagram. All there. Awesome. So Holistic Fashionista, and you can also just find that on YouTube or on Instagram. Angel, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome so much. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm super grateful. First of all, we met not that long ago. You're like, like I said, you're super real, but for you to just like, come on out, it's like right before Christmas and people are crazy and you're just like, no, I got this. Let's do this. So I just really appreciate your generosity, sharing your gifts on the show. My
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.